Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo, and today I am so happy to share one of our recent Firebird Book Award winners. He is Dr. William Stevenson, and his book is titled A New Way to Hope. Bill's career as a counselor to persons diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, as well as those struggling with complicated grief, was successful because of his commitment to the whole person, which included the development and equipping of a care team of people committed to the welfare of his clients. Most of the 400 clients he provided this care for were children and youth who were facing a life-threatening illness. And this care included a commitment to the client's family and significant others for at least one year after their death. And when Bill ended his private practice, he was asked to continue his work with the largest insurance company in the United States, investigating sentinel events such as suicides and suicide attempts all over the United States. Now retired, he continues to consult, teach, and speak on behalf of those who struggle with this drama of dying. He has also written four books related to his work with loss and grief. And right now, we are going to talk about A New Way to Hope. So welcome to the network, Bill. Thank you, Pat. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Congratulations on the win. Yes, it's uh, it's been a surprise. It's uh, actually won four awards, and I um, I think I uh, am rather uh, appreciative of uh, fellow writers who uh, have responded uh, by giving me these kinds of recognition, this kind of recognition. So I'm grateful for them. It does feel so good. You know, you pour your heart out, no matter what you're writing about. Most people just pour everything they've got into this book, and then to put it out to scrutiny and do it on your own, you know, and ask for criticism, that's a crazy thing to do. Um, so hopefully you get a good response, and it just feels good. So I'm happy your book is doing so well. It's doing well. I, I know that um, I took a chance in doing the, the uh, self-publishing and probably uh, will have to reevaluate that uh, because the book has gotten such good critical acclaim. I'm probably going to have to re republish the book. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe give us a little look into the book, A New Way to Hope, so that our listeners have an idea of what to expect. Sure. In terms of looking at the book as a whole, every story uh, that I mention, and there are maybe 30-some stories in the book or more, um, they are attempting to try and find a way to change the, uh, the, the mindset of what hope is about. For most people, I think we look at hope equals cure. In other words, uh, that's that's where they put all of their their uh, marbles in, and that doesn't work after a while. My responsibility as a therapist was to come in and see if we can rediscover another way of looking at hope, where hope was not something that you uh, were receiving, but hope with, that you were giving to others. And that was probably the difference between hope equals cure and, and hope equals what I call equals meaning and purpose. You talk about how tomorrow is not promised, therefore we must not be careless with today. And that's just such a profound statement that hopefully all of us can live with that on a day-to-day -day basis. Let's just talk about that for a moment. For people that are struggling with a life-threatening illness, their attitude, I think, is, uh, is very different than those of us that are well. Uh, we take, I think sometimes we take today for granted. For those that are coming to the end of life, especially those that I worked with because you had to have a, a, a diagnosis of less than six months to live, 
to be able to be a part of the practice that I was in. Um, uh, each day is almost like an incredible gift, uh, especially what kind of day it is, uh, if they're healthy or if they are, in, uh, or if they're feeling pain or, or nausea. But the same way with, with the families of the children that I worked with, for them to be able to have another day with their, with their son or their daughter was, was an incredible gift that they began to really appreciate more and more as the child came to the end of life. I would imagine working with children and young people, young adults, who are mm-hmm. facing an end-of-life situation, I'm sure you have to deal with them a little differently than adults. How is that different, or is it different? One of the things I found was in how incredibly mature uh, a child that is coming to the end of life, the wisdom that they have is, is just profound. Um, I, I think that the difference is that, especially young children, they often feel like it's their fault that the family has come into a crisis as they have. Uh, they feel a, a sense of ownership of, well, if I wasn't sick, then my mom and dad wouldn't be having a hard time or my brothers and sisters would uh, be treating me very differently. Um, and as far as adolescents are concerned, there you're dealing with peer support. And so the, their friends and their peers uh, is is a huge issue for them. And so you have to be mindful of working with those peers to bring them closer together with the, with your patient. For example, I, I just finished working with a, a young man who was 17, and he said, I've lost all my friends. He says, I, I, I want to graduate, but I don't have any friends around me. And, uh, uh, and uh, we brought the, so we brought, I think, eight, eight or nine kids on Zoom. And we sat down and talked to them together and to show them how, look, what what uh, Chantel has got is not something that you're going to catch, like COVID or something like that. And to educate the, the young people about what their friend has uh, is uh, is an important part of, uh, of reconciling them with, with, with my patient. How do we maintain that kind of perspective every day when we're feeling well? Hope is not a feeling. Hope is a decision and it is a plan of action. We keep thinking that hope is something that we are given. It is hope that we grab hold of rather than it grabbing a hold of us. Uh, I'll give you a quick example uh, of a 16-year-old that uh, had his leg amputated and he had no, he just thought, oh, there's, there's just no hope for me at all. My life has come to an end. My friends don't want me around. Uh, who wants a cribble to take to the dance kind of a thing? But in the ward, he noticed how other children were able to give care to one another and how he was very impressed with the way in which uh, people, the kids felt safe in the ward because they were all dealing with a life-threatening illness. Uh, this kid came back for six months almost every single day because he wanted to read stories to the children. And, and he, he read stories until he couldn't read any longer. And that was his hope. His hope was to be able to give back to, uh, to these kids what he experienced, which was a sense of worth and a sense of purpose. Uh, it, it, he had a reason to get up in the morning. That's the kind of hope that we try to create with, uh, with kids and with young adults. Um, is that is a passion for something in in their life for as long as they possibly can. So we really have a false definition, I guess, of hope 
That's right. We, we're suggesting that hope is something that, uh, that if you can find out, what is it that makes you want to get up in the morning? And if you can find out what that is, then there is where we're going to be able to work to, find, to, to be able to give a new understanding of hope. Uh, for Paul, for example, uh, he, his, his goal was to come in a wheelchair every day and go into the recreation room and the children would run to him and they would, he would sit down and he would, he would tell stories, not read. He would tell stories about hope and then get the kids to talk about hope. And it was that that was that was his way of being able to uh, to get hope again. In fact, he even said to me, he said, "Dr. Bill, you've given me back something I have lost, and that that is hope." Wow. Uh, and and he 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 would read to these even when the last day, last few days that he came into the ward, he wasn't in a wheelchair anymore. He wasn't allowed to because he was in such pain. But the children would come and sneak into his room. And they would bring books and say, uh, "Paul, would you read this to us? Would you read this to us?" Oh. And and they and he would read to them even in his bed as he was in such great pain. Oh. And even when he could no longer read, the children still snuck into his room and they would sit around quietly around his bed and they would read stories to one another. Oh, that was the kind of hope that he had given, he instilled in them. It's a legacy that he loved them. And there isn't a child that I, I still see a lot of these kids. The, these children still have that understanding of hope, even as they became adults. Oh, Bill, such a beautiful story. What a gift. It's so exciting to watch. That's why it, it wasn't really a draining kind of practice, because you got so much from these kids um, that... Uh, uh, that I, I I remember so many of the uh, the young adults that I worked with had, who had AIDS, uh, uh, and uh, and how they found a new sense of hope, uh, even though they were in incredible pain and incredible uh, uh, poor health, and yet they were able to reach out and talk to each other. And how how are you getting through this? And they would be into. We set up care programs where we got the the kids who were ill together to talk to each other and how they found hope that way. Hope is not something that you are given. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. And and when people make a decision today, I'm going to have hope. Today, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. That is the sense of hope that that we can give to them. Well, your title describes it, A New Way to Hope, Stories That Describe the Journey to Hope. What about the cover art? I liked it. Oh, that was written by a, a young lady in Hawaii that I came to appreciate, and she is the one that designed this marvelous uh, cover. It, it, at first, I was, I, was not, I was not terribly excited about it, but then I began to realize you know, the shadow was the was was a big deal, right. and um, and I was really uh, gr grateful that uh, Leslie uh, Sears in Hawaii was was able to give me a, 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 a cover that had you have to interpret it for yourself, mm -hmm. and it gave everybody a chance to do that rather than me giving it to you. That's what I thought. It wasn't a literal in your face. Okay, I I know what he's trying to say here. It was like, oh, let me look at that for a moment. And uh, yeah, that's, I agree. that's right. Yeah, I agree. What's next? What are you working on now? Oh, well, I I'm working on uh, love letters from World War II. I have uh, the love letters of my mother and father while they were uh, while during the war, 
and I'm uh, putting them together into a into a book about. Uh, my father was away for three years in the Navy. The letters that they sent to each other were incredible. I learned more about my mother and father from their love letters than I ever did with anything else. So that's what that's the book I'm working on now. Oh, I love that, Bill. You just came upon them after they passed away? My mother died. And actually, my mother died on our living room floor. Uh, and uh, she's actually buried. Her remains are buried in our backyard. But, but it, it, you know, she said, Bill, you've given everybody else a chance to die at home. How about if, can I do the same thing? I said, sure. So uh, we created a hospice unit here, and uh, she, she died in my arms. Oh, gosh. Before she died, we had a chance to go through the love letters that she wrote, so she kind of picked out the ones that she wanted. But I, I think that what will happen is that there's going to be a lot of men and women are going to be really appreciative of the love letters that these two um, brought to each other. Please share that with me when you're through. I'm so interested to read that. <laughs> I sure will, Pat. Well, as we begin to wrap up, I want to make sure that we're not missing anything that you wanted to share and talk about today. I, I think that those that read this book are going to be able to be giving themselves an opportunity to think about what does hope mean to them. That is my secret desire in writing this book, was to be able to give people a chance to, even if you're not uh, struggling with a life-threatening illness, uh, but if you're struggling with a, uh, a dark time in your life, some form of crisis that you have in your life, and that is that don't let anyone steal your hope uh, and don't let any situation sabotage your ability to have hope. And that uh, it is something, again, in which even though I'm going through a crisis, I am not going to give up hope. I'm going to hope in getting this problem resolved somehow. And it's part of recovery, too. There isn't a 12-step uh, recovery program that would not embrace the way in which we are having a conversation about, uh, about hope. And what an important book for our times, because you don't have to be dying, but a lot of what we knew to be normal is dying. There's some parallel there. <laughs> so I think your book is really, really meaningful, especially for our times right now. I think we're trying to say is hope is what gives us life, and, and you don't have to be dying in order to be able to have the kind of hope that we're suggesting in the book. Absolutely. Well, would you share your contact information and where folks can go to learn more about you, your work, and where they can purchase the book? Yes, yeah, so there is a website, but I have found that, uh, that while the website is there, and it's, the website is a new way to hope.com, that um, to, to get the book, I have discovered on Amazon that the best way to access it is to put in the title of the book, A New Way to Hope, hyphen Stevenson, and then that takes you directly to the book. It is on Kindle also. Sometimes it's tricky on Amazon to find a book. Sometimes I'll put in the name or put in the author's name. and That's right. Yeah, That's right. And it is very frustrating. And so uh, you can get to Amazon through my uh, website. That's true. It's there. And all, uh, the website also gives you a chance to get it on if you want it on. I had a spoken of it, of the book as well. Uh, but I've just found that this is the best way to get to, to Amazon is uh, the title and my name. That's the best way to get to it. Very interesting. All right. Although they can go to your website, anewwaytohope.com. 
Oh my gosh, thank you for this conversation today. I think that uh, it will be inspiring to those who listen and I really encourage everyone to get a copy of the book. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I know they will too. Thank you for today. You're very welcome and thank you for the invitation. It's been a, a real pleasure to be able to share this with you, Pat. So thank you again. 